Hey, welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. You can learn more about Youth Pastor Theologian online at youthpastortheologian.com or find us on social media at Youth Theologian. I'm your host, Mike McGarry. Thanks for joining us for this conversation about practicing theology and youth ministry. I'm here with my friend Kendall Connor in our online studio. Uh, Kendall is the director of Sunday schools at Redeemer Fellowship in Kansas City. She also writes curriculum for the Rooted Reservoir curriculum and is a co-leader for the student leadership cohort with Gospel-Centered Family. I've been looking forward to this conversation for literally the last four years Um, And so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast, Kendall. Same. I'm excited to be here. All right. So um, before we dive into our conversation about Bible storying, um, it's always fun to get to learn a little bit more about our guests as teenagers. So what kind of teenager was Kendall Connor? Were you into sports or clubs or theater or... Uh, what what sort of stuff were you into? Yeah, I think this will um, resonate with any youth pastor out there to understand exactly what this teenager is. I was the overachieving teenager. Um, I, as a third child, was just coming into my teenage years in the shadow of my brother and sister. So I literally did everything and anything um, that I could to try to distinguish myself and do really well at it. So as a varsity athlete, I was in honors classes, honors choir. I did yearbook, model UN, um, really active in student ministry. So was just a give me anything. And if there's a competition element to it, then it's even better and I'm going to win. So I was that that kid. (laughs) That's incredible. I Mm -hmm. was not that. (laughs) I I was like, (laughs) how little can I do all at once? How little as possible. No, anything you asked me to do, I said yes too much. So what was your favorite? What was like your favorite activity that you did? Oh, that's such a hard... um, You're also talking to somebody who's just like loves everything. Um, I... Probably probably sports. So I loved... I played... um, I was on the dance team, but then also a varsity softball player. Ended up getting a scholarship to college for it. So... Nice. For a walk-on yeah. position yeah. to to a university team. So yeah, I loved I loved softball. It was kind of my my release yeah. to be outside and just what position yeah, did you play in the field? Um outfield. Yeah. So I played between center and right. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. Um loved it. my my church is starting up a church softball league yes. right now. <laughs> Those are my favorite right now. And uh some people are a little bit too excited. About that, listen. You got to relive <laughs> your glory days when you're no longer youth. Yeah, well, <laughs> you relive them. I know my last church had a church softball team, and yeah, let's just say baseball slash softball. Um, I played, and it was fun, but <laughs> no one, no one was wowed by my athletic prowess. <laughs> uh, but now with un, with a slow pitch, yeah. um, you could everybody can live to the glory yeah. of that. Yeah, I can. Uh, Pop out to <laughs> pop out to center field <laughs> with the with the best of them. Yes. So yeah. Nice. Well, thanks so for fun. joining us. Uh, you wrote yeah. this article on the Rooted Ministry website um, about four years ago, 
and I, I, I'm linking it in our show notes, uh, called Bible Storying in a Post-Christian Generation. And I remember reading this article and just thinking, oh my gosh, I need to talk to Kendall because <laughs> this sounds this sounds really good. I, I want to learn more about it. And <laughs> we just haven't, we've seen each other a number of times. There's been a then, few things. There's but, been a few things that have happened in yeah, the last four years. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Just this minor whole thing of like the world yeah. shutting down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've, yeah, I've been looking forward to talking with you about this ever since the article dropped. And yeah. um, I just, I really, um, I'm appreciative of a lot of your writing, but especially this one. So um, could you just, what is Bible storying and where where did you learn this from? Can you just kind of summarize a little bit for our listeners? Sure, sure, yeah. Well, um, so Bible storying is definitely not original to me in any way. It is a very um, old school, evangelical, um, like, uh, outreach method, basically. So it was originally used as a form of reaching people with the gospel who are, were illiterate. So basically built for societies who either have no concept or no background with the Bible mm-hmm. and for people who were unable to read the Bible. Maybe the Bible's not translated into their language or they were an illiterate society. Yeah. So Bible storying was a um, evangelistic method to be able to share the gospel and to disciple. So obviously you want to go with um, and, and sharing the gospel, not just leaving with the gospel, but also giving the word of God it, the, itself to the people. So it was a method used to, yeah, proclaim the gospel and also make disciples to um, multiple different cultures. And so I learned it um, as I was doing church planting in areas that did not have um basically a good foundation of mm-hmm. the Bible in their culture. And so I learned it or- originally that way as a form of discipleship to the people that I was working alongside. Um, and then I ended up continuing to use it as I moved back to the States um, yeah. as a tool of just like, as I'm meeting with a lot of my friends that were immigrants or expats or refugees, um, it's a really simple way to share the gospel in a context where maybe like the scriptures are not going to be easy to pull out, or maybe somebody doesn't have the same value of the scriptures as you do. It's a really easy way to just share the stories of God, the stories of Jesus. Um, so all that to say, that's where I learned it. Yeah. What it is, is it's it's um, a really simple method of taking the individual stories that are in the Bible and using them within conversation to share the gospel, right? Because the gospel is is very broad and very beautiful um, in the storyline of the of the Bible. And so it's a way to, in conversation, share the stories and use them as a bridge to the truths of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the, even, the, the evangelistic side of it. It's also a tool that is used to train up um, disciples in Christ. So you share the, the stories, um, the individual stories of the Bible, building a bank of the overarching story of the Bible as yeah. well. So it's used as a evangelical tool and also as a discipleship tool. Okay. So I, I have so many questions. Um, yeah. Can you, can you give us just a, a, a basic example of maybe how, if you, I know as we were preparing to teach, yeah. to talk uh, today, uh, you said you're using this in youth group mm-hmm. currently, right? So yes. how are you teaching 
students to use this? And maybe could you give us an example? Yeah. So, um, so I can give you the, the, the why later, but the really simple is we, so our church right now is going through a sermon series over basically like a Christological sermon series, who is Jesus, the points of Jesus. So there's a lot that you can do with Bible storying. You can do obviously a ton of Old Testament, New Testament. We decided to focus in, since we're doing a Christological sermon series, that we were going to do the life of Jesus this semester through Bible storying. So what we have done is I went through and I chose about 12 different stories. I kind of kept them in the same gospel because I thought that that would be really formative for our students to be out of the same book Mm -hmm. as well. But So they're mostly through Matthew, but I also got a couple John and Luke in there, but found the stories. So say the story of Jesus walking on the water. Um, We're actually, here's an example. Obviously next week is going to begin getting us into Holy Week, right? Mm -hmm. And so... We are starting next week. The story that we're doing is um, the Last Supper. And then the week after that, we'll do the crucifixion. And then the week after that, we'll do the resurrection. So we did the little individual like stories of the miracles of Jesus, life of Jesus. And now we're getting into the death and resurrection of Jesus. So what we did is I have these stories and I have recruited in our leaders to be a part of this. Um, An example of what it looks like is a leader is the one to initially share the story. So I've encouraged our volunteer leaders to memorize whatever story they're sharing. I try to give them obviously not insane chunks of it, stories that are maybe 12 to 15 verses. And so what they will do is they will come up and I tell the students, the, the main premise of Bible storying is to first listen, just listen to the story. So the leader will recite the story. Um, from memory and we'll tell them the story. So literally just sharing the story, telling them the story. So they'll listen. And then after the leader tells them the story, we break into smaller groups and they're asked to recite the story. So they can, the, the smaller groups of maybe four or five students can bounce off of one another, but they do the best that they can to reiterate what they just heard. Then after the story has been shared, the story has been recited, then they open up the scriptures to the story and they have somebody read it out loud. So at that point, the students have interacted with the story three times already. Mm -hmm. And then after that is when they do a normal kind of um, just inductive study of the story. So the leaders will walk them through kind of coma questions in general of context observation method, um, a little bit of the application too, and they'll spend about 30 minutes learning the story because before we can give it, we have to to learn it for ourselves and, and put it into ourselves. So they will do that. Um, and that's a normal weekly study for Bible story mm-hmm. is you share it, recite it, read it, and then you study it. Our students will do that for about two to three weeks. So get a bank of two to three stories. And then when they leave their homework, and I I kind of recruit parents to be a part of this. Their Mm. homework is that they have to share the story at least once that week. So that can be with their mom, their dad, their siblings, a friend, whoever, but they have to share the story Mm. and see how how much they can remember from it. So then they do that for about two to three weeks. And then on our fourth week, we do a review. Um, I call it a minister slash prayer night where they get back in their small groups and then they just recite the two to three stories that they've learned They take turns trying to share it from memory. Um, And then that group is centered on, okay, now that we've done the study for ourselves and the application for ourselves, 
Now let's dig into the story of what does this mean for others? How can this actually apply to my unbelieving friends or to my unbelieving neighbors? How can this story encourage somebody who maybe has never heard it before? What does it mean to our broader culture? Kind of do an application Mm -hmm. um, in terms of that. And then they spend time praying over the scriptures and learning how to pray the scriptures. So we just kind of keep that rhythm for the semester. Okay, so when you go through these lessons and and go through that that approach, how long does that take to go through the story those three times and then to study it? And yeah, how, how long um, is that? That whole process is only about thirty five minutes. Um, it could go longer, which is that's actually a beautiful thing, and I think a lot of youth leaders would would feel the same way. Um, that whole process is about 35 minutes and I usually cut it off at 35 minutes and we go um, to our next, the next part we, mm-hmm. we do smaller groups to pray. Um, but that whole process is about 35 minutes. It could go longer. You yeah. can always have more to talk about, but the beauty of that is kind of leaving the students in a place of like wrestling and yeah. learning the story and wanting to learn more. And then on those minister um, review nights, you can come back to those conversations. So I always tell my leaders, like, keep the questions in mind and let's come back to them when we go to the review, when we have the review night. Mm-hmm. So even in that 30, 35 minutes, it's normally you get through all that you want to, but sometimes there's still more yeah. that you can do. Okay. So mm-hmm. let, let me just make sure I'm, I'm getting this. Um, <laughs> I'm like genuinely interested. Yes. Um, so, so the leader tells the story mm-hmm. first. And then students take turns sharing what they remember, right? Telling the story to each yes. other. Uh huh. And then you read the story in scripture. Yes. That right there would probably take at least 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm hmm. About ish. Yeah. So I would say. So for like the actual Bible study part, right? Like, <laughs> yes. I, I think sometimes. Um, I talk with people about youth pastor theologian and about like Bible centered youth ministry. And people have this Mm -hmm. impression that like you need to teach and preach long. Right. And so it's like, even if you're doing like 10 minutes of the Bible study of the Bible storying, and then like you maybe have like 15 to 20 minutes of the actual Bible study, probably more like 15. How, well, how do you is, navigate that yeah. to make sure that you're not over, like, over-educating or over-Bible yes. study? Like, you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, yes. And that's actually a really good question because that, um, that is probably the number one kind of flipping the switch that you have mm-hmm. to consider with Bible story. So one of the reasons that, in, and it's in that article, if you, if you read that, is one of the reasons that I love Bible storying for this generation is I kind of reference um, James Emery White's book on Meet Generation Z and, and the, the statistics and the facts that are out about Gen Z and then relate that to the purpose mm-hmm. of Bible storying in general. And our students' generation, like I don't get into all of it, but they are the first true post-Christian generation yeah. in America. And so that meaning that they're the first generation that's grown up without like really even the way Emory, like the way that White puts it, is mm-hmm. that it's without even a memory of the gospel. Um, and there's a lot of lot of reasons behind that. But the truth is with Gen Z, 
they are the first generation. I think what's even more important, there's a first generation that has, um, they have the world at their fingertips, right? Like later millennials yeah. kind of had that, but Gen Z has it like yeah. in their pockets. They're able to get whatever information they want. Mm-hmm. And youth leaders have probably seen this and are experiencing this in, in droves where this generation, like we no longer serve as the role of like sage in our students' lives anymore. If our students have a question in terms of the scriptures of the Bible, they often will not come to you first. They'll go to Google first, or they'll go to Instagram or TikTok mm-hmm. first, try to figure it out for themselves. And then maybe they'll come to you and kind of ask you after they've formed these thoughts. But that changes our role as, yeah. as youth leaders, right? Like it yep. changes us from the holders and the carrier of information to our, our role with our students is now more about helping them to learn how to discern wisdom and truth yeah. than it is about giving them the wisdom and truth, yeah. right? So it's flipping the script on, I, I still think, yes, I think there's a super high value for the teaching of God's word mm-hmm. and the proclamation of God's word. Um, but also knowing that what we what matters right now, especially when we have our contacts with our students, is helping them to learn how to read and discern and decipher God's word so I actually tell my student ministry leaders, the time that you have where you guys are studying the, the story for that day, one, it's not going to be exhaustive, but two, it's less about what you know about the story and it's more about helping them try to dig into the story. Yeah. So that 20 minutes is all about asking them questions, letting them answer, helping to kind of direct them, but it should never be a, it's not a teaching time. It's a study time. You're discipling them yeah. on how to study the Bible. Um, and so there's going to be other spaces where our students are taught the word. Um, but that time is not, it's not about teaching the word. It's about helping them learn how to study the word, how to see the story for what it is, how to decipher what's there and how to ask the right questions themselves. Yeah. So that's the, that's the yeah. heart behind it. Yeah. Well, I think it would be fair to say it's a, it's a different type of teaching, right? It is, yes. it is a teaching mm-hmm. time, but it's, yeah. it's not a preaching time, Right. 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 Um, and so I, I do think that there's been a lot of conversation lately about um, apologetics and how we mm-hmm. are all apologists now, right? Yeah. And I, I think that's probably a helpful thing to keep in mind in that. Um, so that if you have a shorter period of time to lead students through the Bible study portion of, of Bible storying, um, keep students' objections in mind and keep the questions yeah. that they're going to ask in mind. Um, and make sure you you address those yeah. more than you're just getting up to like preach. Yeah, and that's what I love yeah. about. Yeah, that's what I love about Bible storying is like again we don't do this every semester with our students. This is something that we'll yeah. go on and off yeah. with. Um, but the value being like, man, out of the scriptures, there's 525 individual stories in the Bible, which make up like about 75 percent of the entire scripture is narrative, mm-hmm. is story. Yeah. And so knowing that. Um, so I'm getting this, this is, these are from, um, a book by John Walsh called the art of storytelling, but he will talk about how the remaining of the remaining 25%, only 10% of that is actually rhetoric. And so we spend a lot of time kind of focusing on teaching our students how they're like trying to come up with, with brilliant rhetoric to teach them or helpful rhetoric. And I'm not against that at all. That's wonderful. But if the main revelation of God to us and his people is through story, then like mm-hmm. that should tell us something of the value of, of knowing these stories. Even if my students 
don't know the depths of the story, if they're able to like, if these stories are on their hearts at the end of the semester and they're able to tell the stories and they're still processing and learning them, praise God, like they've got the word in them. That's, that's the part I want. I want them depositing these things into their soul and then us to grow over time, learning them together. No, that's really good. And I do think, um, I'm just making a general statement. I think some the type of youth worker who's probably drawn to a ministry called youth pastor theologian yeah, yeah. probably loves the epistles and yes. looks down on like the narrative stuff as yeah. like, oh, that's kids' stories. And we would never say it's kids' stories because we know all scripture oh, is sure. God breathed and it's all equally for inspired. Sure. Right. Um, so like yes. we know that, but when was the last time we actually just taught stories of scripture? Um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I, I have two kids, like my, my oldest son is in high school and there are times when he says things that make me feel like an utter failure as a parent and as a youth pastor to be like, my son does not remember this very basic children's story in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's just a lot of the stuff that they learned in children's church growing up and when they were young, it it leaks. Um, And I just wonder how much we need to practice this type of Bible storying to reinvite them into the world of the Bible. Yeah, and that's the thing even now is so many of our students even in the Western church as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. again, they're a post-Christian generation, so they don't have those those basic knowledge. No. Like, I think of, there was a time where I had two seniors in high school that had come to the faith during summer camp, and they asked if I would start meeting with them to disciple them. They had grown up in kind of the Bible Belt in Oklahoma. Um, they had been in and out of church um, as as children. And so I immediately jumped to, okay, well, they haven't really been discipled for a long time. Um, so let's let's start in John. Let's do the Gospel of John. That seems like a really good evangelical. Like, let's disciple them <laughs> yeah, through these yeah. stories. Well, we're jumping in and automatically <clears throat> we are needing a basis of the Old Testament, right? Yeah. We're needing a basis of who's Abraham, who's all these people. And I remember asking them, like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, so you guys know Abraham, right? And I said it in a way of just like assuming, like, you know who Abraham is, right? And one of the girls' automatic response was, Yeah, he was the one who built the boat. And I was like, oh, we don't, we don't have this basic yeah. knowledge. So like the beauty of the gospel is how Jesus has come to fulfill all of it, that these stories and everything that was happening yeah. was pointing to Christ. And he's not just a solution to a problem that we have, but he was the answer mm-hmm. to a world that God created. Like it is so much bigger, right? And so um, even for us, like we may think that our students don't need those, those stories they learn in children's ministry, yeah. but a lot of our students didn't even have those stories right. in children's ministry. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. It, I think that uh so one of the reasons why I think this is so valuable is in my humble opinion, um I think we need to start evangelism with creation um yeah. more and more because yes. it's a post-Christian generation. And yes. where previous generations, you know, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Step 1 of the, right? Um yeah. but it's like well, I don't, who is God? What is God? Mm -hmm. What am I? Like, we don't even know what it means to be a human being anymore. Like that is up for debate. So like we need, we need to help our students understand the whole 
arc of salvation history of creation, fall, redemption, glorification, and where previous generations kind of had more of a uh, Judeo-Christian framework going into things. They kind of had a basic understanding of, of creation and the fall. You could start evangelism in the salvation right. camp and the, the salvation yeah. chapter of salvation history. But we don't have yeah. that luxury. Um, and That's I think Bible point. storying yeah. really will, will help us re-engage yeah. evangelism for a post-Christian generation in some, some fresh and that's ways. The, and that's the thing I think even more that I'm excited for with like, so I did this Bible story and I would do um, the, the method I told you about is kind of like the broad for all of our students. But then I would take my like juniors and seniors mm-hmm. who have been kind of in our leadership role or just showing like a hunger for discipleship. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I would actually, there's another way of using this to teach them how to do it for the sake of Mm -hmm. evangelism, for the sake of sharing with their friends. And that's the other coin flip of it that's really beautiful. And it's really fun. Like what we would do is we would would bank stories. We would do the method that I told you guys about, get like five, 10, 10 stories in their, in their reservoir, study them for themselves. But then we would do practice rounds, which sounds really crazy, but we would we'd meet together and we'd just give like scenarios. So we're like, say, hey, what's a scenario that either feels really familiar for you is a current scenario in like a friend or somebody at your school something. And so say we'd be like, oh, well, I have this girl who was raised um, in the church until she was about three, but then her parents have not gone back. And so she's not a believer, but she says she's kind of curious, but she thinks that it's too extreme or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we take that scenario and we just kind of play it out. And we start talking as if we're having a conversation. And it, what is really fun to see is when your students start to recognize, like they're thinking through a conversation they'd have with a friend and they realize how many of the stories they've learned can actually apply to that scenario. And yeah. they're like, oh, like my friend is dealing with doubt. I, a great story to tell them would be about, you know, Thomas and his doubt um, for when Jesus came back and mm-hmm. like start talking about that. I had, I had that scenario once and another girl was like, oh, that's funny. You think of that story. I was thinking a good story would be um, like a moment when no, when the person didn't doubt, like when Peter was going to walk on the water, but then he started doubting. And they start realizing like, oh, there's so many stories yeah. that all get to the power of Jesus and like who Jesus is and the power of the spirit. And like, it's really fun to start seeing them like working through band. There's so many ways I can mm-hmm. talk to my friend and be like, hey, can I share a story with you? Like, what you're going through actually reminds me of a story in the Bible. Can I share it with you? Most of the time, people are not going to be like, no, don't share a story with me. Um, and it's an open open opportunity to share the gospel. And it yeah. makes it, kind of alleviates that for students. It's an easier way for them to learn to share. Yeah. Well, and I think it, yeah, and it, it's way more inviting, right? Yeah. It, it's It's more inviting. It's more approachable for the student to share with their friend. And it's more um, approachable for their friend to receive. And just yeah. kind of packing students, you know, full of theological truths about doubt and whatever. Yeah. So yeah. that's not to say we shouldn't have those. I say theological- both, have, yeah. both have a great value. Right. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. I have the need to caveat, right? But yeah, yeah that, like the power, don't overlook the power of stories. Um, yes. So how often do you use this approach uh, to teaching in your ministry? Um, just is there some approach to Bible storying in like your weekly message? Is it kind of an occasional approach that you do? 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is, what's that? What's that look yeah, like? Yeah. So it really just depends on how your structure is set up. And so Bible story is definitely built more for like community group, small group style um, than it is for maybe a, a weekly service that you have. Okay. So um, I have used it right now. We're using it with our student ministry, but our student ministry is in a place right now where we're um, not, we're not a, a, a large size. Um, and so it works really well to, we don't have um, a message in the student ministry time. Mm-hmm. We just do the story and then the small group yeah. and then break it up and okay. we'll split in those semesters when we do that, we'll still have like like special nights throughout the semester where we'll have somebody come in and, yeah. and teach yeah. to the students or do whatever. Um, so we just take the time to do that. And then I have in the past and other scenarios, we'll do a weekly Wednesday service for our students, but then we have community groups on Sunday morning and that's where we do Bible story okay. or we'd have Bible studies throughout the week and that's where we would do Bible story. And so um, it's not a necessarily ideal to mix try to try to do both at the same time. So it just kind of depends on the the outlets that you have mm-hmm. within the context of your ministry. So like in a small group ministry or maybe Sunday school or something like that, yeah. but maybe not like main session type. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Trying to get both of them would be a lot. Um, but I do, I, we do have, we have talked about like, like before even doing the Bible story in this semester, we taught a lesson on the, like, on the basically the value of story in the scripture, mm-hmm. how Jesus uses stories, yeah. what the, the Bible is in terms of stories, and like gave a vision for that too. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, yeah, chances to teach about those while also yeah. doing the method at another time. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so if if someone wants to get started uh, in this, what recommendations and resources would you would you point them towards? Yeah. Um, so a lot of what I have used comes from. The International Mission Board has a, um, a resource center for Bible storying. Um, that's in an evangelical or evangelistic sense, right? So they have some some tools for that. There's also a book uh, named from John Walsh that is called The Art of Storytelling. It's not directed at necessarily Bible storying, but it is at telling the story of scriptures through or telling the gospel through story. Okay, um, It's a great book. And then uh, Phil Collins also has a um, method that he uses that's like, uh, story in the scriptures that I've pulled a, a lot of this from as well. So all of those are is that are a really book great. or is that like a, a website it's, or it's through you know, webs. He has a website. It's like a form of study that he does. It's, I think it's called the Abide um, Study. And so there might be a he might have a a book that goes with it okay. now, but I'm not actually entirely sure on that. Okay. All right, I'll check those out and um, I'll link those in the show notes too. Yeah. Um, so if someone's starting off uh, with this. What, what recommendations would you have for them as they kind of think through and process? Um, how, do, how can I start to employ yeah. this? Maybe with you know, just a small group of you know, students who are looking for more mentoring and discipling or to, to maybe pilot with a certain small group or class. Um, yeah, it's a great question. I would say the first encouragement is just with, just like with anything, any disciple tool, um, it takes time to start seeing the ways that it's actually like impacting uh, your discipleship. So give give patience to it, but also I would say, yeah, start it with um, maybe a group of students that you know that are hungry for being able to share the like they want to learn how to share mm-hmm. the gospel with their friends. That's a really sweet. 
um, group to begin this with because they are like hungry for it already. Um, so yeah, maybe start with a group of students that are really hungry for that. Do it, build up some stories because what could be really fun is being able to use those students yeah. as discussion leaders or to share the story as you get to the younger, younger kids. Um, yeah, just, just trying to like maybe get a, get a flavor or taste for it. Yeah. You can also jump all the way in and do it with small groups. It's a great, just small group tool that you could do for a semester. Um, again, with 525 stories in the Bible, yeah. um, there are so many options of how you can do this. That's another, I forgot. There's a, there's a website called biblestories.org. Oh, okay. It's a great, it's a great website for, um, if you're like, what are the stories that I could use? Like, if you're trying to just think through what are stories, it literally just has listed out all the different stories oh, wow. and okay. in the Bible and like where you can find them. So it's a really helpful yeah. planning tool. Yeah, that's great. Cool. All right. Hey, Kendall, thank you so much for, yeah. for sharing about this. Um, do you have any final words that you want to share with, with youth leaders? Man. I'm just excited. Like I said, this this will be something that hopefully, like I've heard really exciting things from people as they've used it. And it's also hard at times. But um, one thing I will say is like, man, this generation, and you guys know it as youth leaders, they are such a relational generation that you can throw facts and statistics at them all day long. And they will come back to you and be like, but my friend or mm-hmm. my sister or like, and they'll, they'll, they'll push back with a relationship, right? So um, I'm just excited to see Bible story and it's a different way to approach it of, man, this is not a, this is not just a, a fact. This is a story um, that gives them something to hold on to. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to see how it, how it works for people um, and how students respond. Yeah. Agreed. Awesome. Uh, hey, last thing. Um, I, I've gotten a few questions over the last year or so asking if uh, youth pastor theologian is going to be starting any like cohorts or anything for new youth workers and whatever. And I'm kind of like, you know what? There's already like, really great options mm-hmm. out there. So I don't feel any need to recreate the wheel when there's other <laughs> really wonderful cohorts that I would basically be doing the same thing yeah. as what's already existing. So could you just uh, share a little bit about the student leadership cohort with Gospel-Centered Family that you help, help co-lead? And yeah. If someone's interested in participating in that, uh, how could they get more information? Man, I love that. Um, yeah, so we host a six-month cohort. It's all online, so you can do it from whatever location you're at. Um, our cohort is coached by myself and then two other seasoned um, youth leaders and, and youth ministers that have been doing this for a very long time. And so our cohort's built around... Um, giving you guys practical tools for helping you to establish your ministry, establish yourself as a minister. Um, it is designed really, really well for people who may be newer to student ministry, but it's also built, our, our heart behind it is that it would be a place where ministers can connect and can um, network with one another and just find a place of respite in people who understand what you're doing. Um, so we've had, we've had youth ministers join that have been in the ministry for 20 years just a year. So um, it's kind of designed for everybody. You can go to Gospel Centered Family. Um, Their website will have all the information and how to register. We will be starting our next round in the fall. So you still have plenty of time to sign up for the cohort, um, get all the information there. You also, with our cohort, do get uh, one one one-on-one session with any of our coaches. And so that's a great place, even if you're just maybe starting something new and are looking to just get feedback on on what you're planning or what your ministry is like. So 
yeah, it's been really, really fun to see these youth ministers and youth ministry leaders come together. Um, and most of the time, I feel like I'm starting a conversation. Our cohort is just, we're spending the rest of the time letting them talk to one another yeah. and bounce ideas off of each other, which is really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much uh, for joining us on the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast. Well, thanks for joining us for this conversation. Please visit youthpastortheologian.com to learn more about our resources. You can find us on social media at Youth Theologian. We also have an active Facebook group where you can ask questions, share articles, and generally encourage fellow youth pastor theologians who are in the trenches with you. We'd sure appreciate it if you'd be so kind as to subscribe, leave a review, or even recommend this podcast to fellow youth workers. You can also subscribe to get new articles delivered to your inbox and to ensure that you don't miss any fresh content by checking out our website at youthpastortheologian.com. Most of all, we appreciate your ministry and your partnership in the gospel. If there's a topic that you'd like us to address or if you have an article to submit for the blog, then you can also share those on our website by following the submissions tab. In the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus and we'll see you next week.